It's View From 202, a New York Red Bulls fan podcast available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and direct from our website, viewfrom202.com. Hey yo, good morning America, good morning Erica, who gave me good head while watching good morning America. Episode 102 of View From 202, after a 3-2 win at home against Sporting Kansas City, the first win under head coach Chris Armis. It's Peaches, Britt, and Sam. How what are a, you guys? What a game. What a good way to cap off Bastille Day. That's a funny that's funny because while it was it had its back and forths. Right. I, for most of it, I was actually kind of miserable. Oh yeah, during the game itself. After the game it turned out to be a good game though. Yeah, I guess, yeah. So we can rule out the fact that Chris Armis tucked in a but he wore a button-down shirt and slacks as the only uh, reason uh, for as the, the loss. Reason Sample size is small. We, we <laughs> yeah we couldn't get any points, but but it's good to know uh, that we can still win despite that adversity. Uh, hopefully, uh, Chris listens to us soon. Uh-huh. Um, puts on you know good old polo shirt and shorts. Or it's funny that he goes with the jacket off, no tie. But then still keeps his sleeves yeah, down all the way down. Yeah, yeah that's some weird shit. It's like I you don't, don't see that often. That's like that's like wedding reception, jumping on the dance floor, haven't even taken the time to roll up your sleeves yet. Chris, we just want you to be comfortable. Yeah, you can. You can. It's fine. Do yeah, just go all out. Um, but yeah, it is a three-two win. The team successfully avoids losing two in a row again this year. It still hasn't happened. Um, and it, uh, didn't necessarily look like it was going to happen though, or the win that is, yeah. uh, we start, uh, off of a BWP goal that I definitely didn't miss cause I was still walking to my seats or um, waiting online for empanadas, nothing yeah. like that. No, no, never, would never, um, that, uh, <laughs> is followed by, yeah. Um, corrected by VAR, it was ruled offside, but the whistle was not blown. Gotta love it though, nice little chip. And I definitely did not miss the SKC goal, um, also in the Brisas line, um, in like the fourth minute, where everyone kind of just turns off and and um, they switch it over the entirety of us and they just slam it back in and it's a tap in. But uh, I actually did not miss um, then Roger Espinosa just smacking one through. Uh, Luis Robles, or threw at the entire defense, really. Yeah. Uh, we've been kind of talking about this one the last couple of days. Just, it's, it's, to me, this struck out as it looks kind of weird at first glance, where it's one of those goals where you're like, wow, why don't, why don't they just do that every time? Makes it look very easy, you know, because it's not necessarily in the corner. It's hit hard, but he Luis, smacked it, though. Yeah. Luis is rooted to the spot, but then upon review of the tape, he definitely does not see it until it's past. The Aaron Long's yeah. head. So he's, he is screened, so only so much you can do about that. Um, it doesn't necessarily look great. He's kind of got a late reaction, and it kind of is right next to him. But I guess the answer he there is... He might have even gotten a hand onto it. I think I might have seen have. a little bit of a touch. But yeah. even then, like it's hit so hard that I, I don't blame Luis for that. Yeah, not really. That's like a, probably a, a rare good hit, and then we probably should have been pressing a little bit more it's unusual that uh there was no one within like five feet of i mean i think yeah. that's a, da- a danny royer mistake more than anything else is what i would attribute it to yeah i thought yeah he didn't cover him it's unusual it was just, he, just, he was just too late you just because you can see him closing him down toward the very end but espinoza had plenty of time to get set and just rip that shot through the defense without really any any opposition yeah it's unusual that the def- that opposing teams actually are throwing the ball around that deep against us though usually we we successfully disrupt um their their play before it even gets to that but uh going into the half wasn't looking good as 2-1 everyone I, I gotta say but i thought both teams looked sloppy pretty bad well i think in the first half into the first half it was just 1-1 the the Espinosa goal was like in the fifty first. Oh, okay. But either yeah. way, yeah, I totally agree. Everyone it was, was just like it was uh, just kind of sloppy and sluggish, and and I think th- like we could have even given up a couple more goals, right? Like Tim Parker gifts yeah. a goal in the first half that could have clearly you know 
could have gone in. Um, uh, I'm surprised SKC didn't didn't finish. Oh, the um, misjudged slide. Yeah, he's had one or two of those this year. Recently too. Yeah. Um, and so it's uh, you know, I I think that SKC had I'd say a few more chances than us in the first half, and then we looked a little disorganized and sloppy. Um, just I don't know, lacked direction. Uh-huh. Um, at least from what we saw, like that 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 Kaku to Brad you know, a uh, goal w- w- was nice. It was good. You didn't uh, see much more of that though. After that, you saw a lot of people trying to push the ball forward and then possession, we would just lose possession. We just like, we just had a lot of really bad passes, which I feel like is pretty typical of, of us because our pass completion rate is what we're pretty like remarkably low. It's like 74% on the uh-huh, season, sure. which I feel like, is was on display in this last game. I think somebody said that we are only on forty six percent success rate in the first half or something. <laughs> like something really wow. It was so low. bad. I just feel like I hadn't seen that team in a long time. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it just seemed people were picking the wrong feet. People were not making the right runs. And Kansas City was reciprocating for their part too. Yeah, they, looked, they really just messed up a lot of their stuff too. It was. Yeah. But SKC is one of the better passing teams in the league. So yeah. You know, they can still pass their way out of a lot of stuff. I mean, it was evident. And they did. They yeah, because they, they switched did. it up well, really well against us, It, um, I think. We, we were sitting near Derek, and he mentioned at one point, this is feeling a lot like Chicago Who's again. Derek? Sorry. Okay, sure. But um, the, yeah, I guess, I don't know. Um, I think that. Honestly, the, the, the switches, sorry, sorry to just like completely no, interrupt you, but the switching reminded me a lot of, of what Columbus did to us in the first half. Mm-hmm. Where we just got beat by really good yeah. switching in the midfield or between our the you know the middle third and and, and the and then SKC's attacking third. Revs have done that to us as well. Yeah, yeah I think everyone looked slow, literally, because in in a physical way, maybe everyone's a little tired. It's the middle of the summer, kind of a bit of the doldrums. But then also maybe just a bit of repetition. I don't know. The lows out, that spark's kind of gone. Everyone else kind of seemed to be just. Uh, um, treading water really was my impression. It wasn't necessarily because there has been the temptation based off of a couple Armist quotes to be like, oh, are we doing more possession now? So my opinion of that really at the half was not necessarily like, oh yeah, this is like the new Armist era, as, but more so like, oh, we just look off and we look tired mm-hmm. and we look stale more than anything. But lo and behold, the changes do come. Chris Armist does make subs. Uh, On what Good subs. Yeah. They include uh, Derek Etienne for Alex Muil. Which I was questioned by. Yeah, I thought Alex had a decent game. Um, I think he was putting in a better shift than like Kaku. But then but, Kaku came out but, immediately but, afterwards. But, yeah. I, I would say that it's circumstantial. If we're, yeah. if we're, if we're, you know, if it's 1-1 uh, or if we're winning, then, then I think Muil stays on. Uh, but when we're losing and chasing a game, I feel like you want someone like Royer who can, who who can and kind of has created something out of nothing, right? Yeah. Uh, and does put good shots on goal. I thought that um, I, I just feel like you want someone like that, even when you're losing and when that player is not doing particularly well. Because if you throw in another attacking player who might be able to create more chances, then you have guys like Royer who might be able to put it in the back of the net. And I'd have more confidence in someone like Royer than I would with someone like Muil in those circumstances. Sure. I, I, I thought that as the game went on, uh, Royer was a very good outlet yeah. for, for a lot of balls. He, he really made a lot of good runs, but then he made some questionable decisions, which, which we'll is get like to. pretty typical. Yeah. There was about for the first five or 10 minutes that Etienne were in, he and Royer were like literally Run on top of each other. Same and they paths. had to be like, all right, yeah. all, right, all, right, all right, hold on. And then Derek ended up switching the left side and mm-hmm. Royer to the right. And it kind of, which is funny because usually they combine actually pretty well when they're on the field together, but they're just literally being the same person <laughs> for about ten minutes there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then Shikovsky comes on and uh, Kaku comes Kaku, off, who looks frustrated, but he did look tired. But it happens, I guess. He wasn't. He wasn't. You know, I don't think he was mad. He looked like he still had a smirk when he came yeah, off. He he was not. Um, he was not outright bad, but he didn't quite have it on the night. That said, he still got an assist. So yeah, okay. <laughs> um, but Shakovsky comes in, and everyone knows the rest. Uh, the spirit of Felipe versus the Dynamo visited the stadium, and two outside the box uh, bangers come and save the day. First one is uh, cathartic, kind of wakes everyone up. First timer from uh, Tyler Adams, who had, had 
by the circumstance, drifted out right and and slid it all the way across to Shikovsky. One times it outside of the boot. You're allowed to do that? And it felt very much to me like after an entire hour of both teams like not really hitting the ball right, like Shikovsky just like sh- turned up and like didn't know any better and was just like, oh yeah, this is like how you hit a ball. Hello, here's how we do it in Germany. Like this is how you hit like <laughs> like what? Like this is how you hit a ball. Like it's very it's very simple. Just like yeah, boom. But just in the corner, Melia has no chance. And then the second one is just a very simple little. Uh, you know, shuttle pass uh, from Davis. He goes on a turn and then hits it with a nice little curl to the to the corner, and Melee gets a hand to it, but it's not enough. Did, did anyone think that he was going to take a shot? Like I didn't think he was going to take a shot from that position. It was a little quick. Yeah, it was like it was. Yeah. The he really touch just was tested like, to Melia. Yeah, and he came off well for it. Yeah, it was. Um, it, and he also had like a very short, um, like. Uh, you know, loading time on it. Yeah. That's not the right word, but, um, his release was, his release was quick. Yeah. Um, which I think also helped. Um, and that's how it stays. Three, two to the Red Bulls saved by Shikovsky. Um, but I do think that his kind of burst of energy was also emblematic of kind of the team remembering how they play. There was a spell there where all very suddenly I was like, Oh yeah, that's how we play. Like, you know, I, I think a lot of people are giving it to Shikovsky, which you know he did add energy, but I think a lot of it had to do with Chris Armas moving Tyler Adams up. It's true. You do see the 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 return of the Toronto thing. Yeah, Tyler Adams as an advanced destroyer, I think, really started like triggering triggering a more aggressive press. And Mario comes in for Laid, um, who now much has been made of the Maria situation. My read, my personal opinion, is that. Armis probably was planning on not playing Mario, given the pending transfer at all. But that Laid was so bad, slash so tired, slash so hurt, that he was like, you know what, I'm desperate enough that I'm throwing this guy on and risking an injury, because this is just, this is not working. And I, I believe Laid even asked to come off eventually. He was yeah. holding his right um, elbow for like at least 10 minutes by the time he actually came off. Um, and Maria then comes in and puts and, and the the difference is noticeable immediately. Uh, immediately, uh, uh, yeah, I think a lot of what Mario adds. I mean, like Connor Lake can't help that he's short, but I think I think having the extra height is just a, a lot there for that right back position. I, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, like the thing is, this is the one game to me where I feel like the height didn't really matter as much. Wasn't the difference maker? I feel like Gerso is not a, a, a particularly big player. But sure. he's really fast. He's really fast, but it, I think that also means that there are a few bounces that would typically go over Lade's head and get to Gerso, but Mario's able to position himself just because he's a little bit taller. I think it was the stride, the difference in stride. As that, well, yeah. But I don't even, I mean, it could partially be that, but I feel like when there's a, a massive height difference, you know, I, I think that Lade might play much a bit more conservatively mm-hmm. i feel like he tried taking risks uh at, at right back and then if he was off by even a little bit you know the gerso gets gerso gerso i think i don't know anyway he he gets space you know several yards yeah. of a head start with, with you know a lot of empty space and it puts more stress on our center backs who have also been like pretty inconsistent mm-hmm. recently so uh, i i you know i think that was the right call uh, unfortunately, you know, given the circumstances, I don't think we can rely on Maria to be that, you know, be that outlet. I think we need to invest in, in Cutler, especially, you know, mm-hmm. if, if Sunday is not going to be a part of the team, uh, which is kind of the most recent, you know, run of rumors. So, so if that's the case, I feel like we really need to give younger players a chance to, to, to at least fill, you know, see if they can fill that spot because i don't think late is the solution right at least not even not even for the next like like not especially not for the rest of the season but not even for the next few games because i feel like yeah. those are also really tough ones too we've got uh the the next three are what new england at home columbus at home and then we play dc at audi field and so i feel like that one in particular is going to be a really difficult game um just because anything goes in a derby game but also at the new field with you know a wayne rooney who settled in for a few weeks and so uh, i just He's feel looking like, pretty slim too yeah yeah that's what happens when you're in the swamp <laughs> just sweat like a motherfucker but but like I, I, you What's know his natural habitat yeah 
Yeah. Ogres have layers, man. Yeah. Well, he has a lot less. Um, <laughs> uh, now, at least. Um, but yeah, I worry about late. I feel like this is the time to put Cutler in and, and get him some good experience. Right. Um, Find out what he's got. I, I just don't yeah, know why exactly. we're not Laid doing that. Laid is a known quantity. We Even know if, what Laid offers yeah. to the table. Yes. Why not just give cutler of a birth of fire and even if maybe if he's not in the long-term plans cutler's not if cutler is not in the long-term plans maybe he proves his worth and you can trade him for some spare tam at the end of the year or something and then reinvest it for the more long-term option also which one of you someone who was just like you know fuck it just put fidel there I said that at one point, yeah, because Fidel's been playing well enough. Where it's like there was a point, yeah, where Wade looked so spent that I was like, I don't care that Fidel's left-footed mostly. Just put him out there. I don't, I don't. There was he Wade received the ball well at a stop, and then like proceeded to kind of just dribble out of bounds um, oh, from yeah, like, I remember that. a yard away from yeah. the line, and it's it was rough. just like at that point it was like a mercy sub. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like what I, I guess I. I almost forgot, you know, it, it takes, it took a few, a little while to just remember the formations we played last season and, and mm-hmm. the roles that players played in last year. And so like specifically I'm thinking of Davis and Adams who are really the, who are becoming the fulcrum in the midfield. Um, mm-hmm. But we had Adams who could play fullback uh, and did play right back um, at times last year. And we had Davis who played, you know, out wide on the right side for a good portion of last year as well. Yeah. Both of those starters are no longer, you know, when we came into the season, both those, both of those, you know, starters, I guess, below Mario are either unlikely or out. And so I feel like we have to get a little more creative in those positions. I don't know what you guys think, but it, you know, what, what about having Adams filling in at right back for, you know, the short term? I mean, obviously we see, what Tchaikovsky can do when he's up in the middle. And even Adams was playing that 10 at the end of the game. So, I mean, if we switched him over to the right back, we might have a little bit more movement. I think ultimately um, we don't, I think as an organization, want Adams to be playing right back because we see him at more as a central midfielder. But, you know, okay, to win, like Jesse before he left said, we need to win MLS Cup and we need to win Supporter Shield. So if that's not... If that's the short-term goal, we have to do what we need to do to get to that point. And I think that might be this potential solution or signing a new right back. But, you know, I, I worry about the acclimation time, knowing especially how long it takes to tactically integrate someone new to this team. Sure. And I feel like, you know... What, Except for Tim Parker. Yeah, yeah, obviously. But uh, Tim Parker apparently isn't quite there, right? Like, he's taking a few steps back, it seems. But but I, we'll talk about it, I'm sure, in the, in the second half. But... Yeah, we, did does, get a, we did get a good question about that, but yeah. I think I will leave it for then, given the other part of the question. I mean, ultimately, we have Shikovsky having a fantastic fantastic game, and then it, it puts us in a position where we probably want to start Davis, Adams, Shikovsky, and Kaku. We just need to figure out how to do that, and I'm sure we'll talk about it in the second segment. Yeah. Um, the only other two big chances that come to mind are, one, there's a great chip into uh, both a streaking Royer and BWP, Royer receives it well, has a shot that's ultimately saved, arguably could have passed to BWP. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't totally mind him shooting. Like I, it, Once he missed, it looked worse like, than it was. It, like a mistake. But looking back, there is a runner going to uh, uh, closing the gap between him and BWP. I don't think it's quite as simple as it looked maybe at first. I think it's about 50-50. It very much seemed to me like Royer at the last half hour or so was desperately trying to get out of his dry spell. Maybe. Because he know. took that one shot also at the end of the game where we clearly kind of wanted to spend a bit more time, maybe play a little bit more games. Yeah. Do a little bit more gamesmanship, and then he just kind of took the shot. And I was just thinking, why did you take the shot there? I think there's... Oh, yeah, at the very end? Yeah. Yeah, that was a bit much. Um, that was a little... And it wasn't even his best look. Right. And he tried to assist Derek, which I think was definitely the right call. Derek yeah. also made the right choice in his shot. He just missed that by a little bit. That was the other thing I was going to say. But It's funny the, that you say this about Royer, uh, but if but if Wield were to do the same thing, you'd praise him for being aggressive and going on yeah. the attack. Because you've literally done that, and, and you did angry. that during the Seattle game, uh, and I didn't hear anything from you. So I just want to acknowledge that before we move on. I think okay. it is but this is different. You know, like... Okay. we. Like mm. we were clearly mm-hmm. like we were mm-hmm. little ahead. Mm-hmm. Okay. But but you have to understand 
his approach, I think, was the quote. Um, but I think there... Like, Warrior the, doesn't get the same I, verbal <laughs> abuse. Like, that's... Uh, Sorry for opening this. Whatever. Up. Anyway, uh, go on. On, the, on that on that chance with when B, him and BWP are running in, I think there's a difference between, like, visibly when he first touches the ball and Bradley's pretty clean in. But then by the time Royer's actually in a position to pass again, I think it's not as clean, which I, like, the pass is not as clear. Um, which I think is the difference for how obvious it may have looked at first glance when you're watching it live. For the Derek thing, it is frustrating that he missed that chance, but yeah, he was. Can you blame him? He's one on one at that point. Far post. It's better than blasting it just off of the goalkeeper's knee. Or going over. Yeah. God, if he went over, that would have been so frustrating. Who's having a worse dry spell, Royer or Etienne? Or Muil. Yeah. Fuck. Uh, and you could even throw fucking Velo in there if he didn't. Velo know, hurt himself hurt, that hurt badly. His, yeah. <laughs> hurt his ACL. The um Yeah, but hey, it's at least he actually like shot the ball this time instead of like the weird like three week pattern of him running for forty yards and then like not really shooting. Yeah. Like that was the weirdest thing I've seen in a while that it kept happening. So I'm glad he at least made it. Will also shot had that here. one chance where he shot near post, which was I think also the right thing in that yeah. moment. He had a good bit of techers to get into position. Yeah. Kinda of blasted. It didn't go over, I think, which we were all Oh yeah, that's true. I remember Please being buy. like it it wasn't a great shot, but I think we were like, Yeah, okay. That's at least okay. it was on frame. Yeah, let's take go ahead and take that. <laughs> Um, let's go to Godist and Wodist for this three-two come pretty, from behind. Pretty win. I feel like we all me. have the same ones. I mean, you can't really, can't really go. Mark, yeah, our small. Du bist wunderbar. Yeah, um, Yeah, uh, I'll give a shout out to Aaron Long, and then Aaron Long had a. Has uh, and I'll give one up. to Kamar Lawrence, who I thought. Yeah, there was a point there in the doldrums stage of the game where it was like those were the only two guys who felt like our team. It was like. This is the foundation of mm-hmm. the Rebels. Aaron Long should probably be on Sean Davis' money by the end of the year. Aaron Long is just better than Tim Parker. Yeah, at this point. just at this like point, definitively. Honestly, yeah. Aaron Long was covering for both center backs for a lot of the game, which brings us to Wotus, who is mine. Is yours Tim Parker? Is mine? Tim, mine is Tim Parker. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. I don't, I don't know. Whoa. I think I have to go with Laid. Yeah, it's gotta be Laid. Oh, I forgot about Laid. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, Mercy I, I gets still Mercy think subbed. that. Yeah, I mean, Laid got hurt though. I guess. But and, I yeah. just feel like I just like Tim Parker. It's 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 managing my expectations too because I think I think of Tim Parker as someone who's very capable of being more, and he just did not. Turn it almost this seems game. like his weird pattern of those runs. Where he slides and seems to have like a hesitation step before sliding, it almost seems like a version of the yips, where he's had two or three of these, where it's like, yeah. how is the ball skipping over him every yeah. time? Or like how it like there's like the gap between him actually hitting the ground, and when he wants to, it, it's throwing something off. I don't know. Yeah, I, I thought that he had a bad, a particularly bad game uh, in that instance, and then also there was a really questionable play that he made in the box that was almost a, a penalty, penalty yeah. uh, but we got away. I don't think. I don't know if we got away with it. I think it might have been, a, you know, he, he got contact with the ball, but it's really dangerous, like a very yeah. risky tackle and almost unnecessary. Um, but I feel like it's a little unfair to be especially critical of anybody who plays directly or indirect contact with Connor Laid recently. And that's like the two players I think of are uh, Alex Muil and and Tim Parker who play right near him. So, so I feel like it's an, it adds an additional burden on those players to cover for somebody who is kind of weak in the system. Yeah. So, so when you have somebody like, uh, laid, who's losing balls or getting beat, um, that's extra, extra stress on Parker to be able to cover and, and, you know, pick up the pieces if need be. And then also that takes away from any offensive production that Muil gets. So I feel like any criticism of Muil is a little harsh in this game because, and in the last couple of games, because I feel like you have a player like Lade who just doesn't provide the same value on the right side, and it takes away from the potential that somebody can have on the right wing. In that right, game. and the yeah. overlap from players like Mario Parker is did very seem important. to do better once Mario was in the game. Yeah, I, I think so too. I, I but it was it was also like evident in the way that Aaron Long was able to body people off the ball in ways that Tim Parker seemed to struggle with. This yeah, game. and I will say that there, yeah, there were some clear instances where he just was just outperformed he, he just didn't shook. have yeah he just he lacked some confidence i feel like he needs 
I don't know. Every he needs like a header goal on a set piece once, and I think he'll be okay. But I, uh, that's fair. <laughs> that's what happened with Aaron Log. Man, he had a couple, and he's just been like, and he's just been on fire, sky high ever since. Cool. So it's a three-two win over SKC. Any parting thoughts before we go? Looking towards next week. What a game at the like in retrospect, the back and forth kept yeah, me on my kinda, edge. Kind of love it when it seems like once once a year we get the, wild the spirit of like Felipe that. Yeah. like that. You know where you just get dragged back. So. Yeah, I mean it was a fantastic second half, yeah. lackluster first half. Um, it's weird. I mean, you mentioned the fact that this is like the 2016 uh, Chicago or uh, Houston Dynamo game. Yeah. Where we ended up winning four to three, and it was that I think that game kind of stopped the bleeding, right? Yeah. Where we were having a disastrous start of the that season. That was the one in the one in six. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 it, and it was something where like we kind of started to put it together, and then we had a tremendous season afterward. And I feel like that game was super significant, and we didn't really realize it. Uh-huh. And I feel like this game against SKC was, you know. Could more be. Sig- significant could be uh, right it, you know time will tell but but i feel like we all kind of went in, into this game after losing the city game and, and and losing two in a row could have really been indicative of the type of form we'd have with armis and that additional pressure that uh, not even okay. not even he would put on himself but the players would put on themselves yeah. to get a win under this new coach um we stopped and, and the fact that we sidestepped that with a, a good win uh, both in a managerial and, and you know an individual player performance level i think is huge yeah I think Shakovsky coming off and providing that spark kind of reminded me a little bit of the energy during the CCL run where mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. like, when he came starting, back like there was one week where we thought Shakovsky was like the cog in our machine for this year. <laughs> and it was like, we obviously need him every game. And then Velo emerged and then Muyo had a good game. And then we beat Portland with Ben Mines. And it was like, who's going to come up next? And I feel like the last month or so we had kind of congealed into more of a, first team as we've spoken about so rizza coming kind of arriving being like hey guess what i'm still here injected or reminded me of that energy and i think it really adds a lot of fun to the formation talk we'll have in the second half yeah i mean it's just so interesting because like the last time that that he played was against toronto and he got a yellow card um and came in and was just kind of all over the place uh in that system in, in, in like an already very sloppy game. And so like, you know, I, I, I'm very happy for him to have such a quick turnaround and excited to see where he can, you know, fit into the system moving forward. Yeah. Cool. And with that, we will look towards next week in segment two, uh, another home game against New England. Catch us after the break. Segment two of you from 202 after the week that was in the Eastern Conference. The New York Rebels are in third place with 35 points. Or third place in the Eastern Conference and 35 points on 18 games played, with, uh, which is good for 1.94 points per game. This also puts us on third in points per game. Uh, behind NYCFC, who have two points per game, and Atlanta, which have 1.95. So, you know, basically the same. But the pure table, as it is in its unresorted form, is Atlanta in first place with 41 points, with 21 games played. NYCFC in second place with 40 points, 20 games played. Us, again, with 35 points and 18 played. And then behind us, Columbus with 30 points, with 21 games played. Our opponent for this week, New England, has 28 points with 19 games played, with which is good for 1.47 points per game. They are uh, with a total of 7, 5, and 7. 7 wins, 5 losses, and 7 draws on the year. Away from Gillette Stadium, the Revolution are 1, 2, and 4. Only one win. Um, and two draws. Eesh. Rounding up the playoffs is still Montreal for this week. Uh, good for them. They are holding on <laughs> to that spot. Uh, Toronto FC lost to the other partner in misery, 
uh, Orlando FC, which means Toronto now are still in 10th with 16 points on 19 games played. And with DC finally playing home games now, they're only potentially one week away from being outright bottom of the conference. But really the, the other big fact to keep in mind on or keep an eye out for is the games in hand. So to remind you, we have two games in hand on NYCFC. We have three games in hand on Atlanta and then Columbus underneath us. So the fate of the Shield is in our hands right now? Yeah, I mean, if we win both of our games in hand, that puts us uh, on NYCFC. That puts us above NYCFC. And if we win, and if we we only need uh, six points out of nine to be equal to Atlanta. Atlanta. And then we've got a built-in cushion with Columbus beneath us. So So I've got a question for you guys. Um, Given the nature of how we qualify for CCL... It, it's a it's a sum of mm-hmm. this season and last season's point total, and the winner of the Eastern Conference mm-hmm. uh, gets to go on as one of the spots. Uh, so if you could only have one or the other, uh, what would you rather have, winning the Shields or uh, getting enough points to qualify for CCL? Doesn't Shield automatically qualify you? Isn't that the four- third no, it's, spot? It's no. the combined... Sam talked about this the other week. It's the combined... Um, table from both years. But I thought we had four spots in CCL. So it'll be last year's MLS Cup. Will be next year's. This year's MLS Cup. Yes, it'll be. Yeah. Oh, because this is a transition year, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah you're right. You're and right. then it's East West. And then it's the seven points. We'd have to score no, seven but then it's points. The combined. It's the combined last year, this year, table. and this year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we have to come seven points ahead of NYCFC to qualify over them. Yeah. So we're like behind them by like ten points right now. And they're like ahead of Atlanta by one. If we'd wanted to catch them on that, beating them the other week would have been really huge. But it's still within grasp. Um, However, I will say that if we were to surpass NYCFC in that combined table, it will probably also mean that Atlanta will too. Just going, given the way things are going, it probably means that NYCFC will drop enough points where Atlanta will probably also surpass uh, them. Atlanta seems to only, be having a bit of a slump right now. I too, guess, though. but they're still in it. Yeah. Ah, okay. I take back my question because I, I, I thought that it was, um, I'm looking at it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, so it's uh, Open Cup winner in 2017. Uh, and then it's a team to have the best aggregate record over the 2017 and 2018 MLS regular seasons. So it's just one team. Uh-huh. And then it's the 2018 MLS Cup winner. Uh, and then it's the 2018 Open Cup winner. Right. So that's the four. Um, and then the Canadian Championship winner. Okay. Um, so that would be it. Um, so that's not possible, I guess. You can't really win. No. You couldn't win. You'd have to win the Shield, presumably. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be maybe a weird circumstance where um, a, we- a Western Conference team with a wins poor record last year yeah. wins the Shield, but we ended up coming maybe in second place overall. Uh, and then have a greater point differential, you know, uh, to, to surpass Atlanta, or and, Atlanta City. and City. Atlanta yeah. could win the Shield by one point, but lose the combined table. Right. Mm, yeah. Very weird circumstances. Yeah. So my question is very niche and not really applicable. So I take it back. All right. So <laughs> <laughs> basically, try to win the Shield no matter what. Yeah. Just win games. I don't know. So we've played, um, we've played New England once this year at Gillette. Very quick to uh, be playing them for the second leg uh, already and be closing them out. And have not played D.C. yet. Yeah. We will have played now New England twice and NYCFC twice before playing D.C. once, which is annoying. Do we play them three times this year? Yes. We We played New England three times this year? No, D.C. No, we played D.C. Oh, yeah, we always play D.C. and NYCFC three times this year. So I don't know what's going on over there, but recently uh, the revs led by Brad Fiedel have uh, not been doing too hot. They just lost to the LA galaxy three to two in um, the 95th minute. They, oh. they were up two one. You give up the uh, tying goal in the 92nd minute and they give up the, the go ahead goal in the 95th. How do they keep getting away with this? The, uh, it only happened <laughs> once before, but <laughs> I just, I don't know, I, like, I almost feel bad for New England. Before that, they drew almost. the pretty hapless Seattle 0-0. Uh, 
they did beat DC United at home three to two, uh, and before that, they had two draws. Um, one against San Jose and one against Chicago. San Jose are pretty bad. Really bad. Chicago are pretty mediocre. And then um, the last result, which is the one right after our open or our, our game with them, was a loss in the Open Cup to Louisville City, the uh, USL? Is Louisville USL? Yeah. Because yeah. NASL is not a thing anymore. Uh, the USL right, team. So pretty much... Since they beat us, they've been doing pretty poorly. Only beating DC United, which is not much to hang your hat on at the moment or when they beat them. Um, how are you feeling going into this Saturday game? So I'm feeling good for, I guess, a couple couple reasons. Um, kind of, as you mentioned, the run of form, not particularly impressive. Um, yeah, the last time they beat us was at at, at their home field. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll get we'll get them, you know, in poor form at Red Bull Arena. We'll also get them a little tired because we'll have a midweek game in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think all signs are pointing to us, you know, doing well. We have confidence, but and then all signs point to I really have New to get England. over this pessimism because uh, everything you just said sounded like trap game to me. Well, I also, yeah, right. That's pretty much, but that's like how every game we've kind of talked about. I feel like whether it's Chicago, Montreal, um, any weak team is kind of a threat to me. Nah, I see. I just, I don't think New England are that weak though. I think they have latent ability, even if their uh, form is poor. If yeah. it were Orlando or a DC, or then I'd be like, okay, yeah, they're like even Orlando. Bad. Okay, like, yeah. I don't know, but no, but New Orlando I feel like has quality. A, uh, no. I don't know. I don't. I don't think. It, no. I, no. I'm much more concerned about uh, uh, New England than Orlando. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm undecided. That's crazy. Like man. on a game by game basis, I'd. Ra- I think I'd rather match up against New England. No. No. No way. No. 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 I, I feel like that. That that Orlando team is a nightmare. We should have beat Orlando by with, so much. By like Tommy five. Redding on the. We we played Orlando four three with Tommy Redding on the field. And, <laughs> like a weird fucked up lineup um the one thing i do worry about is is the individual matchup so it'll be pinea who will be back right he, very he, convenient yellow he, card, he got, card he got a, yeah red card against uh this past weekend but they have a midweek game so he'll be back and 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 full, conveniently fully rested for the uh the game on saturday uh, but he'll be presumably matched up against connor laid on on our mm-hmm. right side uh, so I have a lot of concerns with that matchup. Other than that, though, I'm not particularly worried uh, about this team. When you match up player for player, our system versus their system, uh, I feel like we have the edge in almost every other aspect. Yeah. Who do you think lines up? Or who do you want? Who do you want to see line up? Because I think that's a different question than who you think is going to. Or line up. perhaps with special emphasis on Velo. Yes. And the Velo spot. Because mm. I, because I have, I have an interesting solution. Go ahead, I want to hear it. Uh, um, I think obviously keep Brad up top. I think Royer, put Adams back in the ten and put Kako out wide, because he can play the wing like he did at Oricon. Put Davis and Jakovsky, um, and then have the back line as usual. Maybe I don't know what the deal with, is with Amir. Obviously, I'd rather have him there, but I put Cutler and. If well, we've never started a game with Adams in the Advanced Destroyer, have we? We've always kind of sprung it on people yeah. halfway through games, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. But I, I mean, like, I, I'd be interested in trying starting a game like that. Yeah, I mean, I guess Adams is versatile enough that we could move him around afterwards. But I've, And I, he covers enough ground where I, I don't think it's going to be that... We're, we're not necessarily going to miss. I have a sense, though, that its success has been a factor of it being deployed in middle of games where it's harder to adjust and it kind of surprises people and takes them 10 minutes to well, realize well, what's going on. If they can't adjust at the beginning of the, the game for it, they I think w- Kaku's going to play the 10. I would worry that they would figure it out 15 minutes in, 20 minutes in. Hopefully then, we score by then. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I'm not, I'm not sold <laughs> on it being like the baseline plan. Maybe it's just a first 30 minutes plan. Sure. I don't know. But I, I mean, I, I think that'd be an interesting lineup. Yeah. That is interesting. Um, I, I, I'll, I'll throw out an interesting lineup. Um, and I kind of alluded to it before. 
which is just players playing out of maybe in their old positions uh, or playing in positions that they, you know, have played well in previously. So, so I feel like I would want, um, I wouldn't want Lade starting. I would honestly, it would, you know, the I'd say the least anxiety-inducing formation that I could think of. Tyler Adams at right back is Adams at right back, and then your standard back line of Parker, Long, and, and Taxi. You know, I, I'd keep Goldbliss, you know, in, in at keeper. No, no reason to take him out. Uh, and then you have Shakovsky and Davis. Unless he wants a break. <laughs> no, not allowed. <laughs> um, then you have Shakovsky and Davis as those two uh, deep lying midfielders. Kaku right above him, and then you have Muil and, and Royer out wide, and then you have uh, Bradley up top. I, I guess I don't have an issue with with that, and I like having Adam starting in right back because if it's not working for whatever you reason, can just move him back. You can just put him back in, and then you can throw Cutler or late on if you really mm-hmm. need it, or throw Mario on for if he's only allowed to play like twenty minutes a game. Mm-hmm. Then like yeah, throw him on in the second half in the twentieth in the seventieth minute, um, and then have Adams play forward. Uh, oh, this was an interesting thing up. that I didn't mention about the. Um the game against SKC is that at some point it kind of seemed like we were doing three in the back with Kamara as a center back and Derek Etienne as a left wing back. Yeah. At points. Derek did get shoved really wide at one point. It was weird. Which was weird. Which um, I feel like was more reactionary than planned. No. Uh, yeah, but, maybe. But like either way, uh, yeah. that, that, that's my like, uh, if I see that, I would feel very comfortable that we are not giving up a goal. If we have, yeah, with a guaranteed clean sheet. Davis and Adams out there. There's a lot of versatility there. All three of those can play the advanced midfield role in, or the advanced midfield part of the pitch in different roles, but like they can all cycle through yeah. mm-hmm. as well um, as, as Kaku in some sort of degree. And then, you know, you can just introduce Cutler into the field and then that allows you to do something else now that you can move Adams into the midfield. Um, I think that would give a lot of options. I think one, I mean, Parker was not so bad that he needs to be sat or anything, but I'm, I just caught myself wondering that, you know, given that, or my assumption was that Jesse was really into the idea of having the one ball playing center back and the one bruiser center back, the ball playing center back being long and the bruiser being Parker. Except for the open cup game. But yeah, uh, but anyway, where he, he, was, he got all the open cup. Anymore. But then um, if, I wonder if Armis is less doctrinaire about this, and if a seeing Fidel and Long on the field at the same time would be interesting. I don't know if now is the time to do it, but <laughs> I kind of I kind of started thinking, you know, once Parker was being more uh, ordinary. On Damn, Saturday. the U.S. Open Cup game was so poorly timed with the World Cup. Yeah, we really could have seen something like that, and yeah. we didn't. Hey, that is the context as well to our last loss against New England, by the way, was yeah. the like seven games in like, what, three weeks or something? Um, that was a huge factor in when we lost to them. But um, do you think Tchaikovsky's performance warrants minutes this week? Do you think- yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yep. Do you think it will actually happen? Yeah, I th- maybe. I feel I- like Armis is more responsive to this stuff than Jesse yeah. is. Okay. Yeah, even his subs were kind of like very responsive to the game. It wasn't like planned out. I think it was more intuitive. I think he, he judges players more based on intuition mm-hmm. um, than kind of like Jesse to me seemed like someone who planned very har- far ahead of games and had a very clear plan. I think Armis kind of feels it out a little bit more. Okay. So I think it's possible. I don't know. We don't know yet. So we did get a question that looks kind of takes this thread and looks further out the rest of the season that we can jump to it's from thomas henry uh he writes uh first can you please explain to the listeners what the people who are anti antifa banner tell their kids when they watch indiana jones second also do you see etienne or rizza (laughs) as our season-long replacement for velo thanks tom from 231 uh thank you tom um, I have to imagine that uh, they probably just go into a very long, convoluted spiel about how getting your ma- your face melted by the overwhelming power of God is cool, actually. Um, and all the coolest guys in history uh, f- suffered that fate. 
because their brain they were just too much of brain geniuses because they, they realized they, that, o- they were overcome with logic yeah that mm. yeah logic and stem yes yeah they they you know had too many phds if, in physics if to, only they had a non-functional submarine that they could have used and then they would have been able to hide from the arc yes it's true exactly yeah and they would have used game theory to collect correctly guess which goblet to drink out of every time yeah obviously right um well i i'm looking forward to elon musk using a submarine to find the holy grail so yeah clearly and um but that's only because he thinks the holy grail is made out of vibranium (laughs) it's because it's because he's a white south african folks going back to that joke but um uh as far as further out do you what do you think about uh that Shikovsky presented for, for Velo? Shikovsky or Etienne are the two I don't think either of them are the Velo option. Well, I don't think that either either of them really become that that does player. someone is there I, a I feel like what happens though is is that um you'll see more Shikovsky mm-hmm. um and then somebody has to play out wide. Because um, I feel like right now I rate I rate all of those midfielders, Kaku, Davis, Adams and Shikovsky higher than Mawil. Um, and, and so I would be interested to see what Armist does and how, and how he fills that position. Uh, I, I, you know, maybe we see Davis going back out to that role where he's out wide, um, kind of like last year, yeah, which would I, be interesting. And I don't know if it's even the right, right move, but, but we have the luxury of trying that out. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him out there again. Uh, so I don't know if I see, I, I would say I see Shikovsky as replacing, uh, Velo in the 11, but not in his exact position. Yeah, I mean, okay, I, yeah. I I kind of am looking Davis as more of a like for like for Velo. I think both of them have mm-hmm. kind of similar qualities. Velo's a little bit more dynamic. He's a little bit better on the ball, mm-hmm. um, but at the same time, like I I feel like both of them played that same position, whether it was three in the back for Davis or this year for Velo. Um, but I, it, uh, yeah, I. I don't think either of them really, really are the mold that we need there. Yeah, I guess I agree that if it's a like-for-like like replacement, it will be Davis. But it may well be that you see Etienne or, or Riza take the minutes. For the time being, but that I think it's mean, absolutely Mwil, But they won't mean that, that won't necessarily mean they're the Velo replacement. It'll mean that we'll have reconfigured something else instead. Yeah. Because um, I do think Velo brought something unique i also remain i guess to return to the point slightly earlier is why i remain my hunch is that the advanced destroyer position whether it's uh shikovsky doing it or it's adams Adams doing it it, i'm convinced this is like a 30 minute at a time thing i'm not sold that this will be like a they could all rotate around in the central midfield to that we've done done that that before yeah Yeah. so maybe we see that um i I don't think we're going to send one guy out I mean, Shikovsky in particular has come on at the 60th minute and harassed guys as they advance. Kind this of is weird. This conversation is kind of getting me excited about like what we can do tactically again. Yeah, and all of a sudden we're we're in the uh, versatility cycle of, <laughs> the, of Red Bull's tactics. Yeah, like three weeks ago it was like there's a starting eleven. What the fuck? Like, what, what, <laughs> why are you t- why are you looking at me? Why are you asking me this? But now it's like the possibilities are endless. I think we've like gotten over the anxiety of like, oh fuck, like this is a disaster. Yeah, um, and we're kind of looking at the bright side of like all these possibilities. Look of- what a win can do. <laughs> Well, it's like I almost just completely forgot that players like Davis and Adams can can be flexible in, in where right. they start in the eleven. Because I assume they were just static in that role as defensive midfielder, you know, deep deeper lying midfielders. But that's mm-hmm. obviously not the case. So we got a good question from John Purd as well. He uh, the subject is Riza Salsa and Armis. Um, he, Hey guys, it was good to meet you outside of Honda Gate. Happy birthday again, Peaches. Well, thank you, John. Yeah. Um, it was nice to meet you too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Wu Tang boy, Riza, has officially brought the ruckus. He has had quite the sto- slow start this year, partially due to injury, but boy, what a way to come back. Also, points for him doing the salsa before almost clocking Sean Davis in the face accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> boy, can, it, it would be punch gate all over again <laughs> punch gate version two um we also see armis finally making several great decisions tactically um except for riza for kaku it should have been riza for Muil. 
and keep I a calm face that. despite the early tie and the rocket out of SKC. Now that Armis is probably a little more calm and has longtime friend and previous assistant CJ Brown on hand, do you expect any difference of play going forward? Uh, we have not mentioned previously that, that C.J. Brown is a new assistant coach. He is another one of the um, Chicago Fire guys from back in the day. MLS guy through and through. That's really all I have mm. to say about him. Uh, yeah. Apparently, he followed Jason Christ around okay. a lot, which mm. is concerning. Right. Mm. However, even I, I think without even with C.J. Brown, I feel like every new head coach has their own ideas to add. Um, and uh, as much as we're a system team, everyone can contribute ideas. I think, you know, this is um, often held belief that uh, going to three in the back was, even for Leipzig, was concocted by Jesse Marsh. Um, I think Chris Armas has his own ideas to bring to the table, so we'll see a difference of play regardless. I think we've already seen that in kind of the subs from the SKC game. Mm -hmm. I don't think Jesse necessarily would have made those moves. Right, I think he's been almost a little bit formulaic in in the way that he's been adjusting. So far, we've seen two drastically different games from Chris Armas, um, mm-hmm. and um, something tells me, and and I can't confirm this because we've only seen him for so little so far, but that um, Armas is more intuitive in the way that he might make changes or he kind of feels stuff out rather than thinking them or necessarily being. Uh, puppet mastery tactics guy. Galaxy brain. Yes. Okay. I think it was Juan Mesa who was saying, who was making the point online, saying that he thinks that if you look closely, that um, some of the changes that had, uh, wrinkles that had coming to the team um, were already in the works when Jesse was leaving. And that the, the, the narrative of a lack of continuity is not necessarily accurate and that um, maybe these plans are already in the works. Yeah, I don't disagree that, with that. Yeah. yeah. I think that seems astute. Um, I, I I also have a temptation to say, like, it seems like a lot of the noise has been made kind of by, like, you know, the, the league media guys, they have to cover 10 games a week. And after the City game, there was, like, a quote that, Armas said about like possession and like Adams had a quote about possession and I've got a sense that that's been kind of staying in their minds that that was like the one sound sound bite that stayed that lodged itself and that's where a lot of this is coming from I don't know if there's quite as much fire as there's smoke I wait to see I'm waiting to see that's fair I mean if we do end up moving or gravitating towards a higher possession style of play we absolutely need to work on our passing. Yeah. Uh, or at least sharpen it up a little bit to levels where like, we don't need to have a ton of passes, but we need to have that fluidity that we had in 2015 in 2016, mm-hmm. uh, where we had those really small, like triangular passing, uh, mm-hmm. like little bits, you know, along like the sides of the field. Um, oh, yeah. I feel like a ton of that relies on our wing backs or our full backs. Uh, and when you have someone like Connor laid in there, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse, but it's not necessarily the most crisp pass. But but Mario is just much better at doing stuff like that. So if we were to ever switch, I feel like we would need to sharpen up on that right right back side of things. Um, I mean, even then, I feel like if we did move to a more possession style, if we like tried to make it a passing game, yeah, I wouldn't think that Chris Armis has necessarily long tenure here. Then I think that this kind of global project is more important to our ownership than. Um, obviously with the unceremonious like firing of Mike Petke, um, that they, they would just kind of probably implement someone who would do the system to a closer mm. degree. Yeah. Okay. It's fair. funny that you asked that cause that, or say that cause that dovetails well into our Benny question for this week, which is titled Chris Armis to USMNT. Benny writes, Jesse gets fired by Red Bull Leipzig after getting caught on video in the middle of an empty Foreman East German airfield that he mistook for a graded, gated community, calling the cops on Afro-Germans for cooking bratwurst with too much paprika. <laughs> As a result, <laughs> Damn, that's so good. Jesse can only coach Dynamo SS Leipzig in the seventh tier of German football. For context, all the Dynamo teams were the, the Stasi teams. 
Um, due to this mishap and due to the winning of the 2018 MLS <laughs> Cup with the New York Red Bulls, <laughs> Chris Armas, not Jesse, replaces Spicy Dave as head coach of the USMNT. In this universe, who should RBNY hire as their next head coach to replace Armas for 2019? Not C.J. Brown. Yeah, no. Uh, and not, I, I don't know, Bradley Carnot, I don't know, man. Like, Jurgen Klopp. <laughs> does Dennis want to come on down? Uh, I would I take Dennis. Mind, I would take Dennis. Dennis is undefeated, right? Yeah. He might be. Yeah, yeah he is. That's um, a good point. Dennis yeah. did say he does kind of like being upstairs now at this point of his career. Because Dennis is the suit guy. He'll wear suits downstairs and upstairs. Dennis looks natural. In both the suit and tracksuit, yeah. Oh, I don't think Wally should should move from RB two. To be totally honest, I feel like I like he, he I like as, him developing the younger players. Um, he, and, he, and, he and he said as much, much yeah, right? That he's so, a developmental coach. So I, yeah, I, I, I would prefer if he stayed down there. I don't know. Fuck it, bring Pecky back. <laughs> just make just I just just add, I just want to like add like fuel <laughs> to the fire. Oh God, that would it's been just a make couple, everybody go crazy. Yeah. It's been a couple of years since Robin Fraser has been linked with a job, but I don't. I don't know if Robin Fraser would be right for this job. Yeah, I don't think so. Thierry, Thierry Henry. I feel like the next, oh, ne- yeah. the next logical step T-T? to assistant Head coaching coach? the Belgian national team is to take a full time yes. position at MLS. So. Yeah, true. Uh, El Chelis perhaps is probably going to get fired from. <laughs> isn't it like an eight game suspension already or something? Wait, what if we <laughs> re-signed Juan Carlos Osorio? <laughs> Oh yeah, true. go back to the Galaxy Rain days. Yeah, because he's probably out, right? Yeah. Is he already out? Um, I think he. I think it just expired. Yeah. Right. I don't know. Jurgen Klinsmann. I'm oh kidding. Obviously, we could. Uh, we could hire recently retired Dax McCarty. No, not really. I don't know. Honestly, it's probably best that we don't do former players again. If we got if we got Marco Rose, I would. I guess Wally would be. I think exception. I would die from the amount of Silver Fox heat. I don't know. Would that ha- Marco Rose would be younger than PWP, wouldn't he? <laughs> what? Oh, what with that head of hair, oh, gorgeous man. Marco Rose is the head coach of RB Salzburg. I'm assuming if Rob, if Rose leaves Salzburg, though, it's probably to go to outside Leipzig or anywhere else outside the organization, maybe. Um. But who was the coach of Dortmund recently? Oh, I don't know. Because I feel like we would go for high pressing coaches like that. Uh, Jurgen Klopp. I said Jurgen Klopp. You did? Yeah. You said Klinsman. Oh, okay. I think you just went through all of the Jurgens. All, all, all of the German Jurgens. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> Yogi Love probably needs a job. Dang. Did he get fired? I mean, Germany didn't make it out the bow group. Down, bow out in, in, in what's shame. What's the, like the German version of seppuku? <laughs> Surely it's time for that. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think Dennis co- coming down would be my number one choice. And if then it, it's, it was, it's probably still Wally after that. As an interim? Sure, yeah. yeah. I try, all, so all this is really just to say I trust the system at this point for the coaching. Wow. Wow. It happened to me, kids. Wow, we're a controversial podcast. <sighs> cool. Um, well, that's all our questions for this week. Any other any other notes you want to add? Nah. Nothing's burning on your mind, Peaches? I um, We played zombie laser tag this weekend. Oh, yeah, we did. The zombies are terrifying. They, they were. Um, apparently, they were running around like on the ceilings and stuff, and I did not know that. And now that I know that, I'm more scared of the experience that i had yeah it was wild yeah man. i'm this it disabused me of any sort of they didn't even break character when we took pictures with them I afterwards know, apocalyptic survival we had fucking method on. zombie actors mm-hmm. yeah um that was fun do you not want to talk about antifa oh sure yeah um fascists suck go back to yankee stadium um don't take away our anti-fascist flags because fascists are not welcome at RBA. Uh, also, uh, do not cross the picket line. Don't buy anything from Amazon this week while the workers are on strike. No Whole Foods. No Whole Foods. No fire gadgets. Do not talk to Alexa. Kill your Alexa. Throw it out the window. Mm. Or just turn it off. It's She's spying on you anyway. So, um, 
Don't do it. Don't cross the picket line. Uh, last week, programming note, last week there was a, a joke about the two-state solution being a lie. I want to specify the way in which it's a lie, lest we be misunderstood. I was speaking in favor of a one multi-ethnic non-colonial state, uh, given that um, Palestinian land has been basically decimated by the militaristic colonial government, right-wing government of Israel right now. Anti-Zionism is not anti-Semitism. No. Mm. So that was, in case anyone misunderstood, that was the, the context of that the speaking of that and and the moral decrepitude of uh borders the watch i did get end up going to the watch party on sunday at starbar it was good a lot of people were there i'd say about 150 people were there uh all donating five to ten bucks each to a uh, new sanctuary coalition which mm. continued to do uh good work um i, w- I wish i would have gone but i fell back asleep unfortunately it's okay it's just everyone knows that that you hate immigrants now. Mm-hmm. This is well, this is not new. I yes. rooted for France because they were the immigrant. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, please do not. Let's not litigate the the wokeness of France versus Croatia. We've gotten we've Good gotten <laughs> so far without doing that. Um, predictions this Saturday. I don't. I, I'm. I'm not going to make it this Saturday. I'm moving this Saturday, <gasps> and I can just tell now. Like, there's no way. I'm just. Yeah, it's. I'm going to want to die on Saturday. So, um, but. It's a it's a good excuse, so I don't feel too bad about it. But eh. how how do you feel? You can just have Red Bull, New York Red Bulls radio. Um, That's true. On in the background. Yeah. Listen to Matt Harmon's voice. I feel, despite despite everything I've said, I feel pretty good going into this game. So I am going to predict that we win, but kind of narrowly. I'm going to go with our FIFA prediction in which I beat Sam and Britt two to one. Just for the record, it is significantly harder to play uh, with somebody on your team. But I beat both of them. Let the record state. Pete just mentions this. It shows, he's telling on himself that his need to mention it shows how rare it is. <laughs> that is true. All the other times. I just take all and the I W's usually, where I, I can. I feel like I usually, I'm usually playing as the opposing team. Brit yeah. or I, we're, yeah. we're playing as the opposing team, which is why we never really refer to our, match, our, our predictions, uh, because I usually just beat your ass every game yeah this is but not this anyway, has not been true anyway, recently I, I i'm not particularly excited about our our prospects of a clean sheet um if we because we're gonna start connor laid i just feel like that's definitely gonna happen um i think we're gonna actually yeah i, I agree with you with with our scoreline of 2-1 red bulls um i feel like we concede early um a pania goal uh and then we uh get our defense sort it out, score a couple goals, go on and get the W. I'm feeling I'm feeling three one. I feel like Cavalier given, of you. I know. Given um given New England's recent form struggles, I think there's a possibility the last twenty minutes of the game, if we're winning, that they kinda just give up a little bit and we tack on another. So bump up that goal differential maybe. But uh Round the board prediction of wins uh, this week. As always, you can always contact us at contact at viewfrom202.com. Um, we are working to resolve the technical issues with the different um, podcasting apps, although it does appear that Google Play Store, just regular Google Play Store, not the Google Podcast new thing, um, works as does iTunes. So bear with us there. Should be fixed soon, hopefully. Yeah, and if you have a Windows phone... What are you doing, man? You can go direct to our website as well, from202.com, if if that so pleases you. Um, final thoughts? Nope. Cool. See you next week. As fresh as the breeze in the dew in the morning. Never felt a dry where you fill my cup. You lost me so damn good, I barely could stay up. Never felt a dry where you fill my cup Take you on a picnic then for a ride Ride it out, ride it out, ride Put the door open, baby, let me come inside A spoonful of love in your beach jam My favorite pick-me-up, no
you spend fun. You my baby like feeders. Got on need like praying to Jesus. Niggas call us when they need us. I've been trapping all week, got two or three beepers. And my shooters on go. Say you a hit of my nigga, that's a no no. Put your bitch in a bando. She heard you coming in and she ran out the back door. Can we just chill for a while? I'ma tell you how you make me feel when you smile. I'ma show you how a nigga live in the wild. Now I got you wet like the Nile River. Sauce dripper, east side clipping with my dogs like Clifford. You got me open in my heart like a blizzard. Looking at my calls, that's a bitch, I done hit her. So you better not kiss her. You spread them for